Welcome to the Your Dream or Mind podcast, the place to be if you dream of living a life of fulfillment, freedom, flow, and most importantly, fun. I'm Laura Cruz, the Dream Transition Mentor, the creator of the unique six-step Dream Transition Method, which will take you from idle daydream to transitioning into your wildly successful freedom-based business. Listen to inspirational stories from women who have been brave enough to take the leap from corporate and now live the life they've always dreamed of, women like you and me. They did it, I did it, and you can too. Grab a cuppa, find a cosy spot, then sit back and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Your Dream or Mind podcast. I'm your host, Laura Cruz, aka the Dream Transition Mentor. As I record this, it's in the, we're in the lead up to Christmas and this episode goes out on the 15th of December. So just 10 days short of Christmas Day. And I don't know about you, but I am really wondering where this year's gone. So when I was younger, my mum used to say that time got went faster, it got quicker as you got older. And I used to think, oh, mum, what are you talking about? But she's absolutely right. It just seems to whiz by. And I got some memories on Facebook the other day of um, the stuff that I was talking about and selling this time last year and saying, oh, what do you want for 2023? And that honestly feels like a couple of weeks ago. And now we're about to hit 2024. Unbelievable. So I want to talk to you today about saving things for best. Do you save things for best? It's something my mum says a lot. Sorry, mum, if you're listening. I mentioned her twice already in this podcast. So I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a generational thing. But growing up when I did, we saved things for best. So we saved, um, I don't know, clothes, food, drink, makeup, shoes. We saved so much stuff for best. And Actually, now I say that to you, I grew up in this beautiful Victorian house in Gloucestershire and it had two reception rooms at the front. And one of the rooms, like my, my when my parents bought the house, they bought it when I was a baby. So they moved in, um, my older brother and uh, my mum and dad, my older brother and me. And I was, I don't think I was even one. And it was an absolutely beautiful house, what it would be, but it was a wreck and... Um, my mum had fallen in love with the house. She wanted to move from where they'd lived before and she'd fallen in love with the house. And, you know, dad tells this story about how it was it was more money than they can afford. And he went to see the bank manager, remember them, and kind of basically said, please, my wife really wants this house. You know, I don't want to disappoint her. And the bank manager agreed to lend my dad, I think, an extra £500 because the house cost... I think from memory, £11,000 or £11,500, which in 1976 or 1975 uh, was an awful lot of money. So they bought this house and um, it had holes in the ceilings, holes in the floor. I think it was damp, it was cold, it it was really unloved. And my parents basically spent the whole time I lived there, like all my childhood, you know, they sold the house about 20 years ago, but so they'd lived there about 30 years or something. And um, basically they were always working on it. It was quite a big house 
and they were always doing something to it. So it, it always needed money. Um, but it was such a beautiful house. And when I go back to the, the, the town I grew up in, I uh, always go past and have fond memories of growing up there because it just was the best house. It was the kind of house that all my friends would come around to and um, everybody was welcome. And uh, my mum and dad were very much of the ethos that, you know, you, they could always make room for one more. They could always feed one more and then another, another like one more, or they would always make room or they would always accommodate people. So it was a really lovely house to grow up in. And it was always the house that me and my friends would go back to when we'd been drinking and uh, we'd all like collapse into my double bed, sometimes four of us. And mum would come in in the morning and find us all in various, you know, stages of uh, hangover. Anyway, so it's a beautiful house and it, um, it needed a lot of work doing to it. And mum and dad had done up all the rooms except this one room at the front, which we always called the best room. And um, the best room was a bit of a kind of junk room. It was a storeroom and it had lots of stuff in it. And then when mum and dad had the money, they transformed it into a beautiful space, had like pale carpet and beautiful um, kind of like love seat velvet sofas that my dad had got somebody to reupholster like like kind of vintage antique sofas and had the most beautiful fireplace that dad had bought out of like a like a hotel or something in Cheltenham and it just was it just was a beautiful room and it had it had um like a window seat because it had a what do you call it um a bay window think of it then bay window and it had a um my dad that had cushions made like that matched the sofa so it was this um you know you could sit in the window and you uh had, had beautiful curtains it was absolutely gorgeous really fancy wallpaper it was absolutely lovely the best room do you think we ever sat in that room i'm telling you we never sat in that room ever so we might sit in there at Christmas for a drink, but we were all a bit scared to go in there because, um, well, we had to take our shoes off, obviously, and um, a bit scared about knocking anything over. And my mum, my mum is a, was a potter and loved ceramics, and she'd had some like quite um, kind of uh, expensive or you know valuable pieces, uh, you know, that she'd bought over the years, and they would be on the mantelpiece in there. So. It was like, oh, it's got nice carpet and really nice furniture and it's got all mum's special things in there and, and it would cost a lot of money to do that. So we won't ever go in it. So the best room, um, well, it stayed as the best room because nobody ever went in it. What a shame that we didn't use it for the room that it is. I haven't thought about that for years because I think, well, my daughter just turned 18 and my parents sold that house when I was pregnant with her. So it was a really long time ago. So there's definitely something about um, perhaps my mum and dad's generation where they did save stuff for best. And I think I used to do it. So I would get bought like really beautiful candles, which had the most gorgeous fragrance. And I would just like have them on display and um, I wouldn't use them. And the, um, you know, the sun might uh, fade to the candle, you know, like because the sunlight and, you know, they'd fade or they'd look a bit tired, but I wouldn't burn them because I was keeping them, I was keeping them for best. Or, you know, you have lovely clothes, which are 
absolutely beautiful and you think oh they're too fancy I, I couldn't possibly wear that for that so I'll just keep that for best and then like the best never comes and I was thinking about this because at Christmas you know all the um all the stuff that you see advertised it's all got sequins on right sequins glitter like sparkly like gold silver red I've got a sequin pink dress this year which I had everybody in hysterics at my uh, Christmas drinks for my networking group last week because um I had my it's my party dress for this year. I had my pink sequin dress on. And one of the girls was like, oh my God, I love that dress. Where's it from? And I said, oh, darling, you don't shop there. And uh, she said, uh, she was laughing and she said, it looks like it came from, um, what did she say? I can't remember the brands now, but it was quite, oh, Hobbs, I think she said. It looks like it comes from Hobbs. I think that's what she said. And I was laughing and I was saying it was 29 quid from Tesco's. They were absolutely cracking up. Couldn't believe it that this dress, because it actually looks a lot more expensive than uh, it really was. £29 from Tesco's. Thank you very much. Um, I've worn it twice already. If I can wear it another couple of times, I'll have absolutely got my money's worth this year. Um, But we get kind of, there's all these things that we think we should buy, like kind of like, I wanted this like velvet jacket this year that I'd seen and I thought I don't know if I'm ever going to wear that but I know I'm going to wear that sequin dress so it's okay but there's a big push to get you into sequins and glitter and kind of really fancy dresses and I was shopping with a friend last week and she said oh I really want more sequins but I never actually go anywhere I thought isn't that true like we we kind of get we get sucked into this thing where we're going to wear like we're going to buy glitzy stuff and then we never wear it but why shouldn't we wear it why shouldn't we so I got a sequin dress the other year. I think that one was from Tesco's as well. And uh, I actually just wore it during the day and I kind of went to the shops in it and I think people were looking at me in a strange way and I thought, why should I keep it for best? Why keep it for best? Like, what are we waiting for? So you can apply this keeping things for best for to, for lots of other things. Like in life, we wait for things, don't we? We just keep waiting because well, we'll just do this a bit longer or we won't do that because of this. And oh, it would be much better if we just waited until that time and uh, it'll all be better when, you know, at this particular point. And the reality is that that point doesn't really come. I've talked to you before about like getting my brand photos done and I kept putting off like getting new ones because I thought, well, I just need to lose some weight. And when I've lost the weight, I'll get the photos done. And, um, do you know what? <laughs> you won't be surprised to know. I have not lost any weight. I've probably put more on. And I still got the photos done because I just can't wait. I can't wait until that moment. Yeah, I want to lose weight and maybe 2024 20, is the year that I'll actually pull my finger out and, you know, get healthy again. But um, waiting is for what? Since I started working in my own business, I have changed how I dress I've changed the things that I wear and whereas once I had a wardrobe that was like work Laura and it was full of kind of blazers and um kind of more corporate dresses and heels I mean heels what I think I've got one pair of heels left I got rid of the rest I think my feet um spread out over lockdown because I actually tried to put a pair on that I love. I think that might be the pair I hung on to because I love them. Keep hoping that my feet might get smaller and I can get in them. But they just look really narrow. 
And I used to wear heels. If anyone's listened to this and uh, they used to work with me at Boots, they'll say that they could hear me coming because I'm quite tall, quite heavy footed. And I'd be clomping across the floor in my massive heels. And if I was uh, doing a day on the counter for number seven, I'd spend all day in massive heels, which quite honestly, I don't even know how I did. Absolute madness. Anyway, so my corporate wardrobe was full of kind of corporate dresses, jackets, stuff that was a bit more conservative. It was mostly black, um, perhaps a bit of navy, but mainly black. And um, since I started working for myself, I don't have that separate wardrobe. I don't have work Laura and home Laura. I have one wardrobe, so I buy less. I don't mind spending a bit more because I'm going to wear it more frequently. But I don't have to follow anybody's rules, so I'm not saving anything. So actually, the nice stuff that I've got, I can wear more frequently. Now, interestingly, I had my colours and my style analysis done a couple of weeks ago with my amazing friend, Sarah Biancardi, who um, works for House of Colour. She's a House of Colour consultant. And it was so interesting because she helped me to um, see what colours suit me the best. If you want to know what colour I am, send me an email. Um, She helped me to see what colours suit me. And that's my skin tone and with my eye colour and very difficult with my natural hair because I'm not a natural blonde in case you hadn't realised. But um, she was able to tell me what colours would look best on me. And funnily enough, it's not black, even though I used to wear an awful lot of black. And I still do wear black on occasion because I'm I'm slowly coming out. It was only two weeks ago. I'm slowly getting my head around what Sarah told me. Fascinating. But I realise now why certain things that I wore, I looked a bit dead in and other things I'd think, oh, I, you know, I look quite, quite alive and my skin looks really good. Or other days I'd think, oh God, I look really tired. I don't feel tired, but I look very tired or I look very pale. And it was because the colours I was wearing just didn't really work for my skin tone. Um... Anyway, so she did my colours, which is amazing, because I've wanted to have it done for so long. And she did my colours, and she also did, like, a style analysis with me, which was really interesting. And she was getting me to um, think about my wardrobe and think about, like, shopping your wardrobe. So instead of thinking when you go go to the shops to buy something new, actually look what you've got in your wardrobe and wear stuff in a different way. So wear, you know, that top with a different skirt or with shorts or jeans or trousers or something else and wear you know wear different boot shoes whatever different accessories it was really interesting but she'd asked me to take a selection of clothes with me to show her like what I normally wear and I had taken about 10 things out of my wardrobe one of them was my pink sequin dress which she said the color wasn't quite right for me but the start the shape of it really good not clingy that's the key and um Anyway, so then I showed her this, um, I've got a really beautiful, like, just off-white jacket from Mint Velvet, which I love, and I've worn it, like, twice. I've had it over a year, probably more. It is more. I've had it about 18 months. I think I've worn it twice. And then I also had this little, I don't know why I put it in, but it's, like, sequin vest top, which sounds awful. Um, Also Mint Velvet. And... I said, oh, yeah, I've only worn that once. I wore it in the summer. And she said, well, why don't you wear it with that cream jacket? And you could, like, wear that to your, like, networking group. You could wear that anywhere. It's really nice. And I was saying, oh, I don't know. 
I don't know, is it a bit much? And she was saying, what are you saving it for? You should be wearing everything in your wardrobe on a regular basis because if you are not wearing it, if it's not working for you, then why have you got it? You know, you should be able to, she was saying something like when you buy a new item, you should be able to see, don't quote me on this, but you should be able to use it with about five different things. I think that's what she says. So wear it in five different ways. So rather than just buying one piece and going, oh, well, I can only wear it this way. Think about how you could maximise that more. And I thought that's so interesting, isn't it? Because I've had that sitting in my wardrobe and I could wear it more, but I don't. Why is that? Because actually I could maximise that on a regular basis and I feel great when I wear it. But I've been kind of saving that for best. Maybe because it's off white and I'm a bit worried I'm going to get it dirty. Ridiculous, right? Um, The other thing I think people say for best, and I've done this myself, is like notebooks. You know when people give you like a beautiful notebook and it's like absolutely gorgeous and it's got like a gorgeous like cover and maybe it's got a ribbon tying it up and oh, it's just so pretty and they give you a nice pen and then you think, oh, I won't use that because I just want to keep it nice. Just, Just keep that nice. And you think, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Use the bloody notebook. What's the point of having a notebook you don't write in, honestly? What's the point of having a room you don't sit in? What's the point of having a wardrobe full of clothes you don't wear? I mean, obviously, sometimes we can't get in them, but that's a different story. Why are we waiting for a particular moment to wear something? Why can't we just enjoy the moment, seize it and wear nice stuff? Like... This is going to sound a bit weird, but when I'm at home and I'm not going, I'm not seeing clients or I'm just kind of in the house. Sometimes I just put jeans and a jumper on and I did yesterday and I felt rubbish. So I went in and got changed and I felt so much better in what I was wearing after because I, I don't, the clothes do make me feel different. Sometimes I do feel a bit like scruffy and I don't want to feel scruffy. I want to feel nice. I want to feel like in a work mindset and that helps me to feel that way, helps me to feel a bit differently. So are there things in your life that you're saving for best? Now, I'll tell you what I am saving and uh, this is hilarious. So I started doing this about two weeks ago, came back from Aldi, I'm back in the shopping and my husband went to put something away and I went, no, they're for Christmas. And he went, oh, mum started again to my kids. Your mum started again with the, that's for Christmas, laughing. So, you know, all the nice things that you put away. And then obviously you don't eat them Christmas Day because you're stuffed. We don't eat them Boxing Day. And then after that, we've got 10 tonne of like, you know, crisps, nuts, biscuits, chocolates, all sorts of nice stuff. But we're already feeling really full, uncomfortably full after two days of eating anyway. And don't really, you know, just need to keep shoving it in, which is ridiculous. So... I'm going to try not to save for best. Maybe I'll even crack open the Christmas shopping, the Christmas food shopping before Christmas and uh, change the habit of a lifetime. So if you have something in your house or in your life and you are saving it for best, I urge you to get it out the cupboard, get it out the wardrobe, get it out the fridge or freezer. Um, Use it. You do something with it. Feel the joy of actually using something in the moment that you were given it or, you know, in the moments after you were given it. Sometimes we save stuff for best, like I said about the candles, and then by the time you use them, the fragrance is gone, the colours faded by the sun, and actually, you know, it's just not as nice. So when somebody gives you something, say, oh, yeah, okay, thank you so much, and then actually use it. 
enjoy it, enjoy the experience, enjoy the fact that you were taking, finding joy in the small things every day rather than saving something for best for a day that probably will never come. I'll speak to you next week, my fellow dreamer. You have been listening to the Your Dream or Mind podcast with Laura Cruz. If you're ready to create the dream life and business that you've always wanted, then let's work together. Order my book, listen to the podcast, join the Dream Life Academy, come to the Dream Life Business Club, get involved with me. I can help you to create the dream life and business you've always wanted.